everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of A Trophy Link, the official podcast of the Naismith Awards here in Atlanta. I'm your host, Bob Rathbun, coming to you on the road this week, coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama, in to call an NBA preseason game tomorrow night between the Hawks and the New Orleans Pelicans. But this week has been a big week for talk. All these conference media days have been unfolding for both the men and the women and it's great because it means the start of the college season is just a few days away. And our Jersey Mike's news and notes of the week begins with this one. Our reigning Jersey Mike's Naismith Men's Player of the Year, Oscar Sheepway of Kentucky, is not practicing at the moment. He's out with a minor knee procedure. Kentucky will open its season on November the 7th against Howard. Their big one against Michigan State comes in Indy in the Champions Classic on November the 15th. Coach Cal gave us no timeline as to when we can expect Oscar back out on the court and playing in a game for the Cats. So we'll keep you posted on that in the days ahead. My guest this week is a dear friend. We've done a million games together, and I love every chance we get to be together. It's Dan Bonner, the proud Virginian, as he will join our podcast. He's a great Naismith voter, helps us so much during the college season, identify the top players as he travels about calling games for CBS and he, and the uh, ACC Network and for Raycom. And we'll talk with Dan about his past, how he got started after playing at UVA, got into broadcasting and some coaching, and also his days at CBS and with the ACC. It's a great background story on Dan. You've seen him on TV forever, and it's great to have him on this week as my guest. We'll talk about the new college season with Dan. It's all coming up. But first, this message from Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike's would like to dedicate the next three seconds to our new grilled portobello mushroom and Swiss sub. Trust us, it tastes good too because fresh ingredients make a sub above. Fans, full disclosure, as we start our podcast, you know, the best part of hosting this thing is that I get to reconnect with friends of mine in the game of basketball. But no greater friend do I have and have had for 40 years than the man who's on our podcast this week, my dear friend Dan Bonner of CBS Sports and Raycom and the ACC Network. He joins us from Virginia, and we're going to talk about basketball and broadcasting, but I just, I'm so thrilled, Dan, to have you on the podcast as as we recognize one of our Naismith voters and we get our new season underway. So how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Bob. I hope you are. Yeah, I know you're getting ready for your NBA season, and I'm trying to gear up for college basketball again. It's always an exciting time of the year. Lots of hope out there this time of the year. You know, we come into the new season, and of course, all the talk of conference realignment and transfer portal and NIL. And just from a perspective standpoint, I wanted you to talk about your days at the University of Virginia. Now you played there. Many people have seen you on television for decades, but may not be aware that you played at UVA. Uh, You came from Pittsburgh. You played for Bill Gibson for a couple of years. And then your senior year, Terry Holland took over as the head coach. And then you stayed to coach at the University of Virginia, women's basketball, among other things. And I just wanted to, for you, Dan, if you would mind comparing uh, what your college experience was like in terms of uh, some of the accoutrements at the University of Virginia as compared to what it is today. Bob, of course, you know, that's, that's almost 50 years ago now. So there, there really is no comparison. Uh, college athletics was not the huge 
money-making operation uh, then that it is now. Uh, and at least in my particular case at the University of Virginia, just about everybody we had on the team was a student uh, that nobody really had any aspirations to play uh, in the NBA. Everybody wanted to get a degree to get a job. Now, we did have guys on the teams that I, uh, I was on, and you have to use your verbs correctly, Bob. You said I played at Virginia. I was on the teams at Virginia. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we did have guys on teams that uh, I was a member of, uh, Gus Gerard, for example, Wally Walker, uh, Mark Ivoroni, who did play uh, in the NBA. But that, was, that wasn't at least on the teams that I was a part of at the University of Virginia at, at the time. That wasn't the main goal. Okay, if that happened, that was great. Uh, Barry Parkhill, of course, played uh, in the ABA. Uh, but it's – so that's, that's a major difference. If you're playing – at the University of Virginia now, and not just the University of Virginia, if you're playing at a school in the ACC or the SEC, one of your one of your goals is to play professional basketball, uh, and so that that's a difference. And so the you know the facilities were a lot different. My heavens, uh, they have that John Paul Jones Arena, and you know we didn't even have carpet on the floor in the locker room. We had a locker room that was just. Uh, you know, it was just, you know, there was lockers. It, it was a locker room. We went in and you know, there were benches and there were lockers. Uh, and we didn't have any fancy uh, dining plans and we didn't have uh, team rooms. And, uh, you know, so, but, and I'm not criticizing today. The, the thing has changed. But it was, it was much more low-key, I guess, is what I'm trying to say back then than it obviously it is now. Dan, what led you to, to Virginia? Why'd you pick the Cavaliers? Well, I, I went to Virginia, Bob, because of all the places I visited. I felt very comfortable with the other players there. And as I look back on it now, I realize that the reason for that is a very large number of them uh, were from the same area that I was in western Pennsylvania. Uh, you know, we had guys like Gus Gerard and Jim Hobgood and Frank DeWitt. And it, they were just people who were there that I either knew or knew of when I was in, health, uh, in high school. And it just felt very, very comfortable. And my parents really liked uh, Coach Gibson. Um, he, was, uh, he was a real salesman. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, uh, when my first recruiting visit, when I was a junior uh, in high school, they had some summer thing where they invited a whole lot of guys down. And it was a summer weekend. And my parents wanted to go. Uh, when I got the letter, my parents said, well, we'd like to go because they had honeymooned uh, in the Shenandoah Valley and they wanted to drive through again. So, and we had a really good weekend. And uh, so basically it was because I felt so comfortable there. How did you come to coach the Virginia women's basketball team? Well, I, uh, my original goal, Bob, was to go to law school. And I decided that, you know, I really didn't want to do that, that I really enjoyed basketball and wanted to stay a part of it. And so I went to Coach Holland, and I wanted to know what opportunities there were in terms of graduate assistantships. And uh, he had already given the men's graduate assistantship uh, to my best friend uh, uh, and my roommate. Uh, and so I thought, oh, okay, all right. And then Mr. Corrigan, Gene Corrigan, who was the athletic director at the time, he offered me the opportunity to coach the women's team. Now, as a graduate assistant, I had a graduate assistant's salary, uh, which at the time was $2,500. And uh, I had an assistant coach, 
And since it was the women's team, we had to split the graduate assistantship. Since I was the head coach, I got $1,500 and she got $1,000. And we were both from out of state and we were in graduate school and that cost $1,600. So we both paid them uh, to be the coaches uh, at the University of Virginia for the women's team. And of course, that was a lot different than two. The, we didn't have our own locker room. Uh, we didn't even have a space in University Hall in the building. Uh, and when we, sometimes we would practice at night, uh, the players had to bring all their clothes and gear with them because the janitor would lock the door that led into the other building and they couldn't get back and get their clothes. So it was, it was much, much different uh, then than it is now. And, uh, you know, I think I got the job because Coach Holland lobbied very hard for it. And Mr. Corrigan had the coach he wanted, uh, but in an attitude, I guess, that drove uh, strong, independent women crazy at the time and still does, he decided uh, that his choice wasn't ready and that uh, she should work with me for two years to get some seasoning. Now, what seasoning or experience I gave her, I don't know, is Debbie Ryan. Uh, who's in the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame and certainly knew more about it than I did. And uh, I recognized immediately how smart she was and uh, how creative and clever and, and always asking questions and always open to new ideas. And So we had a good time for two years. We weren't particularly successful. And then Debbie took over as the head coach and uh, Mr. Corrigan encouraged me to move on to other things in my life. <laughs> and one of those things, uh, was broadcasting. And, uh, of course, I know this, but our, our fans may not. They see you on CBS and do the tournament, but you actually started in radio. I did. And uh, Mr. Corrigan, who encouraged me to go do other things rather than coach basketball, uh, uh, my friend and former teammate Barry Parkhill had done the job as radio an analyst for the Virginia Radio Network for a couple of years, and he took a job as an assistant coach with his brother, Bruce, at William & Mary, and so they had an opening for a radio analyst, and I didn't have a job, and I was struggling, and so I went to Mr. Corrigan and said, I'd like to be his radio analyst, and he told me no. He said he wanted to have somebody, he needed somebody with experience, but their play of radio play-by-play -play guy at the time was um, Len Hathaway, who did football for Washington, and he also decided to stop, so they had no play-by-play -play announcer, they had no analyst, and Mr. Corrigan, after much harassment from me, told me that if he could find an experienced play-by-play -play announcer, that he would hire me as the analyst. But if he couldn't, then he had to get an experienced analyst. And they couldn't find an experienced play-by-play -play announcer, and they couldn't find an experienced analyst. One reason was they were paying $5 a game. Uh, and so they hired me, uh, and they hired a guy who worked at the radio station by the name of Doug Logan. Uh, who ended up doing Virginia basketball for years before he went to Syracuse and did Syracuse basketball for years. But we did that for a couple of years. Uh, we had a really good time doing it. I learned an awful lot about broadcasting. And then I just sort of stumbled into television. Again, it was Mr. Corrigan that hooked me up with C.D. Chesley, who was doing ACC, the syndication of ACC basketball at the time. And even though Mr. Chesley, I only worked for him one year, I managed to stay in it. Uh, working with the folks from Raycom. What year will this be for you on, you know, ACC TV, for lack of a better term, and CBS? Well, it'll be 43 on ACC TV, and it'll be 36 with CBS. Dan, that is unbelievable. I mean, in a business that 
changes announcers and networks change um, rights holders uh, to to last 36 months uh, these days is quite an accomplishment. Uh, the longevity in this business tells you that you're really good at what you do, and and every the fans like you, and the management likes you, and the the teams that you represent likes you. But what a journey! What a journey it has been for you, and the changes that you've seen from the way the games are broadcast and delivered from then until now is remarkable. Well, Bob, it is remarkable, and I have to say that I'm I feel very blessed uh, with CBS and with Raycom. I have had people, you know, in management positions and decision-making positions who have been very loyal, uh, who share with me the philosophy about how that the game is the most important thing out there, and so it has it has been remarkable, uh, and I'm very I'm very I feel very fortunate. Uh, but again, it's I've worked with really good people. Uh, you know, you hear horror stories from some people about uh, executives in television, but I, I've never had any of those experiences. Uh, the people from CBS have been wonderful. Uh, obviously, you are well aware of the people from Raycom because you've dealt with the same people. They are they are top drawer, and so when you work with top drawer people, you you tend to. To, I think perform as at a, at a very high rate, uh, and so that's I've been very fortunate in that respect. But <laughs> Bob, when I first started, we didn't have talkback. Uh, that and I, I learned a very important lesson in those early TV games that I did, because I realized that if I wanted to tell the producer or the director that they should focus on something going on. Uh, and it was not during a timeout, and that's because that's when we could communicate with the TV truck, that I had to tell them over the air that I had, they had to listen to what I was saying, and I would point them in the right direction. And that, that's something I think that has always helped me with my broadcasting style. And, you know, now I work with uh, young producers who wonder why I don't talk to them all the time and talk back, and I don't because <laughs> when I started, we didn't have that. <laughs> Dan, here at the Naismith, uh, we're excited, of course, for the start of the new college season. And it's unique in this regard in, in our eyes because we have, for the first time since Tyler Hansbrough, the reigning Naismith Player of the Year, Oscar Sheboy of Kentucky, returning to school. Uh, most of our award winners are off to professional basketball, but this year, Oscar is returning. Time to get out the Dan Bonner crystal ball. Uh, I know you're getting ready. Uh, what? What do you see as as the new season approaches? What what kind of vibe are you getting, Bob? It's I think it's going to be a very interesting season. You know, as as I've gone through all these polls and everything, as you look at the teams that most people think are going to be in the top twenty five, there really aren't any surprises. Uh, you know, it's sort of the same the same cast of characters, maybe mixed up a little bit differently. Uh, I am impressed that there are so many teams from the SEC. You know, everybody, they're looking around. They see Arkansas and Tennessee and Alabama and Auburn and Texas A&M. And, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of teams from the Big Ten that are that are in there. Uh, people think maybe Virginia is going to have a good year again because they have everybody back. Uh, and as I said earlier, it's just it's the time of hope that everybody's looking and uh, that they hope that they're going to have a pretty good team. They, they hope that nobody gets hurt. Uh, 
I, you know, I, the thing I wonder is, you know, Gonzaga, again, they have another very good team. Most people are picking them in the top three or four uh, in any one of those positions. Uh, and so, as, you know, this year, Gonzaga finally breaks through. Can North Carolina, you know, keep that magic that they found at the end of the year going? So I, I think it's going to be fascinating, and I'm really fascinating to see if uh, Oscar Shibwe is going to be able to repeat as the player of the year. I thought he was fabulous last year, and I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be fabulous again this year. But every season plays out a little differently. I'm not sure that a lot of people would have picked him as the player of the year before the season started last year. But So we'll see. It's it's all Like I say, this is always an exciting and interesting time. No doubt. And we can't wait to, to see on our TVs all winter long. And of course, the NCAA championship when it rolls around during March Madness. Dan, thanks for taking time. It's great catching up with you. And I hope that we are paired together at some point in the ACC season, because it'd be great to do a game with you once again. Bob, sure would. Uh, that's, always, that's always one of my hopes. So hopefully we can fulfill it this year. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back here again next week as we get closer indeed to the start of the new college seasons. Until then, Bob Rathbun from all of us here at the Naismith Awards saying so long.